Welcome to Coaching for Creatives with Kirsten. My name is Kirsten Call. I'm a therapist-trained life coach and a children's book author. Together, we'll get the drama out of our lives and onto the page. Let's get started. You're listening to part five of the Get Yourself Unstuck series, the parable of the duckling, or just do it. I'm staring at a duckling as it crosses a busy road. What is he doing alone? In all six years of my time living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I've learned a lot about ducklings. Ducklings march across the street in a line, following their mother. Ducklings love peanuts, and ducklings are never far from water. Never once have I seen a duckling crossing the road alone. I tap my thumb on the steering wheel, waiting for the little thing to make it to the other side of the road. Phew, he made it across without getting killed. I keep driving. I've got a two-year-old in the back seat, and I'm in a hurry to find a bathroom because I'm nine months pregnant with my fifth child. I don't want to stop the car and turn around. I don't want to even think of helping the poor little thing. I need a bathroom, and I have errands to run. Yet, I find myself turning the minivan around. I pat my bulging belly and sigh pull over to the side of the road, unbuckle my two-year-old daughter, Sophia, from her car seat, grab my purse and waddle, yes, literally waddle like a duck, towards the duckling. I've never touched a duckling before. I bend over awkwardly, afraid to touch it, and also afraid not to. He's chirping like a chick. I'm learning in this moment that ducklings chirp like any baby bird. It doesn't sound like a quack at all. Handshaking, I pick him up, put him in my bag, and grab Sophia's hand. Sophia looks at me with wide eyes, points at the chirping bag. Yes, Sophie, we've got a duckling in this bag, and now we need to find a stream or pond or something, I tell her. The duckling flaps wildly inside the bag as if to punctuate his need for water. But where is it? It must be close. Sophie and I walk slowly through weeds and grass. I listen for quacks or chirps or trickling water. The duckling's persistent chirping distracts me from my need to relieve myself, and I squeeze Sophia's hand. A stream! Let's see if there are any ducklings on the water. Look, Sophia, it's seven ducklings and a mother, and they're the same size as our little bird. We walk to the edge of the water. I bend over, awkwardly again, and tip the bag on its side, give the duckling a little nudge into the water. His chirp escalates as he swims towards his mama and siblings. When Mama Duck hears his voice, her quack cracks the sky with joy. She rushes to him, and my heart squeezes as I watch their reunion. I did this. I helped a mama reunite with her baby. I put my hand on my rounded belly. How I love my babies. I'm glad I helped. I'm about to turn away when Mama Duck hisses and flies into the air, diving towards me and Sophie. I stoop over my watermelon stomach to pick Sophia up and throw her on my hip. She wails as I yell at the mother duck. I saved your baby. Now you need to leave my baby alone. And then I just start to run as fast as a ninth month pregnant woman with a toddler on her hip can run. The flap of wings and angry hissing approaches and my heart just drops into my toes. I'm going to die. I can see the headlines now. Pregnant woman dies. The victim of an angry duck mother. A surge of energy fills me. I will not let some duck kill me or my toddler or the baby inside me. I waddle as fast as possible 
and jump inside the car. I breathe in and out, buckle Sophia, and then laugh. Soon I'm laughing so hard, I can't breathe. And I'm sure I'm going to wet my pants before I make it to a bathroom. This experience taught me three things about just doing it. The first thing is, we probably won't want to do it. Whatever the thing is, if we need to tell ourselves to just do it, it's not easy to do. In my duckling situation, it wasn't easy to ignore my goal of getting to the store and then to stop on the side of the road, get the two-year-old out, walk and search for water with a desperately chirping duckling. And then, of course, running from the angry, hissing mother duck wasn't easy either. But have you ever noticed that things get truly hard right before you have a breakthrough? I want you to think about the really tough times in your life. What happened afterwards for you? What changed? How did your understanding of the situation change? So that's the first thing. If we have to tell ourselves to just do it, we probably don't want to do it. Number two is walking through weeds is the only way to make it to water. When we choose to just do it, we have to persist. We might have to run and push through weeds and twists and turns that seem like failures, but they're not. They're just obstacles that are leading us to success. My goal was to get the duck lane to his mother, and I succeeded. But even after I succeeded, there was more to deal with. This happens all the time in the writing business. I remember thinking I'd made it when I got my first book deal. But working with a small press was tough. And then I had six years of submitting and revising and submitting again and again and again. This is kind of like trekking through the weeds to find water with a pregnant belly and a two-year-old on your hip and a screaming duckling in a bag, right? It wasn't easy. But when I got my first agent, again, I thought I had made it. And then it took many rejections. Each rejection could be likened to the hisses of the mother duck. And I finally made it to safety after a dangerous and rugged run, which was probably not nearly as fast as I thought it was. Reaching my car and getting safely inside could represent something like a book deal. But that's not the end, right? In my duckling situation, I then desperately needed to find a bathroom. And the saga continues. Our success is littered with numberless failures along the way, leading us through rejections and tough experiences until we get a book deal or a start review, which leads to more weeds, angry duck mothers, and crying two-year-olds. This is life. It's a never-ending cycle. We must walk through weeds to get to water. When have you walked through weeds to get to water? Was every step a struggle? How did it feel when you made it to the water? How does walking through failure into success feel? The third thing I learned from this experience is success is only achieved with the help of other people. Mama Duck did not appreciate my help. She didn't want me near her duckling, but without me, her duckling may not have ever made it back to her. So don't be a Mama Duck. <laughs> In bookmaking, a team of people collaborate to make the book the best it can be. Critique groups, agents, editors, book designers, authors, illustrators. It takes many people to create a great picture book. If we aren't willing to show our art to other people, we can't make it better. If we are unwilling to take constructive criticism, our manuscripts may end up in a drawer instead of on other people's shelves, helping people read and feel like they aren't alone. So that's another part of this. Just do it. Allow others to read your work, embrace feedback, 
and revise and show your work to others again. It takes courage to write, and it takes courage to show your words to other people. It's hard to be authentic and vulnerable and raw. Do it anyway. I want you to think of a time when you just did something, even though it was hard. How did it feel? Did you feel frustrated, productive, exhausted, elated? Yes, you are feeling exactly what you should be feeling because you are exactly where you're supposed to be on your creative journey. One of my mentors, Jane Yolen, who has written over 400 books, says, B-I-C, but in chair. There is no other single thing that will help you more to become a writer. She's absolutely right. No matter the obstacles, if we sit down and write, we'll eventually succeed. Just do it. Even if it's hard, do it anyway. I love William Faulkner's attitude. He said, I write only when I'm inspired. Fortunately, I'm inspired at nine o'clock every morning. Even if it's hard, just do it. Sometimes feelings of inadequacy or perfectionism keep us from doing things. There's something to be said for good enough. Jody Moore calls it B-minus work. Allow yourself to do B-minus work. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough for you to put it out into the world. And who knows? Perhaps your B-minus work is someone else's A-plus work. Allow yourself the freedom to create without expectation or judgment. So this is my challenge for you. Set a timer for 15 minutes and create. Do it even though you don't want to. Allow yourself to walk through the weeds to get to the water. A messy draft is better than no story at all. Invite others to help you on your creative journey. And they will stand by you through failures and successes. Even if you feel like the duckling stuck in a bag and desperately quacking, you are not alone. Your art connects you with other wandering ducklings. And that's what life is all about. Until next time, keep smiling. If you like what you've heard, check out my Get Yourself Unstuck program. Go to kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and schedule a free consultation today. Coaching for Creatives is produced by Kirsten Call. Music and audio engineering by James Call.